Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk the biggest questions heading into week two, next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Heath Cummings. And we are talking about the biggest questions for week two. And naturally, we're going to start with the New York Jets. I got a couple of questions about them. We talked about it on last night's pod, but Heath, I want to get your t- thoughts as well. And we'll start with, is Brees Hall already a must-start fantasy running back? And if so, was he the best draft pick in fantasy this season? If he is already a must-start running back, then yes, he was the best draft pick in fantasy this season. I am not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic running straight lines. We saw that he didn't still have quite the stamina. He got caught from behind by a guy that runs a 4-5, so he's not quite up to Brees Hall speed yet. The bigger concern I have is it was 10 carries and two targets. How big? It, it, the increase in workload is not going to be based on if they think he's a lot better than Dalvin Cook or not. It's going to be based on what their doctors say. We'll give mm-hmm. him a little bit more this week. we give him a little bit more. If he's got 12 carries and three targets this week against the Dallas Cowboys, no, I don't think he's a start. I think that's a flex. So I'm mm-hmm. still ranking him just outside of my top 30 running backs. Um, I don't. I, I will view him as a must start maybe week three or week four, but not quite yet because of the matchup and because I still think the workload's probably going to be pretty low. Yeah, he played 17 snaps last night, got 10 carries, 12 12- Snaps on rushing plays, five on pass plays. So not at all a full-time player yet. Dalvin Cook played right around half the snaps. I would guess we're going to see this tilt a little closer to 50-50 and maybe, you know, Michael Carter, who played 12 snaps last night, less involved as we go on. I think that's the assumption anyway, but I agree mostly because of the matchup uh, for week two. Dallas Cowboys just absolutely dominated the Giants in week one. That's a very, very good defense. So I just... I would expect the Jets offense is likely going to struggle. Frankly, with the exception of Brees Hall breaking off like three giant runs, the Jets offense was pretty bad last night as well. And I think that's what we expect moving forward, which brings us to question two. Where are you ranking Garrett Wilson for week two and for the rest of the season? Week two is going to be right around wide receiver 15, uh, maybe wide receiver 20. Thinking about that mm-hmm. matchup against the Cowboys, I may move him even a little bit lower. But I will have him as a high-end number two wide receiver rest of season. I'd expect Zach Wilson to be at least marginally better than he was last year. We saw Wilson has just the, the ability to make incredible plays. So you don't want to rank him too low, but he's not a top Garrett, 12 guy. Anymore. Garrett Wilson has the ability to Garrett make incredible Wilson. Zach Wilson, I'm sure... Uh, incredible, make incredible yes. plays. They're incredible. Yeah. What, what, what was it? Peyton Manning said on the Manning cast last night. I've never seen a guy run backwards that far before he throws it. <laughs> I was, I was yelling at my, at my TV during that specific play. Um, yeah, I, I think high end wide receiver two is probably the ceiling. And based on what we've seen with Zach Wilson at Q, QB for the jets, uh, Garrett Wilson averaged under 45 yards per game. In the eight and a half games that Zach Wilson was the QB last week. So 
my expectations are pretty low, and my expectations are, are also pretty low for the Atlanta Falcons passing game. My question to you, Heath, do you have any hopes for the Atlanta Falcons passing game? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to have very many games where they run 48 plays um, like they did in week one. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to have very many games where they win by 14 points like <laughs> they did in week one. So I would expect both the total number of plays and the percentage of plays that are passes to be higher later in the season. Specifically, you have to love Kyle Pitts with an 82% air yard share. I mean, it was what, 40, 40 air yards? <laughs> it was probably pretty close. I mean, he averaged 20 yards a catch, so at least that. Um, so I, I, I still am going to rank Pitts like a starter this week. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to hold Drake London and pray that he starts getting targets. Yeah, Drake London, low and wide receiver three for me, which actually isn't much lower than where I had him ranked. He was like 30 coming into the season for me. I was a little lower on him, and I just... Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Let's get the biggest buy low after week one. I'll give you mine. Kind of the entire Bengals offense. I think that was just a, a weird fluke, whether it's because... You know, Joe Burrow was less than 100%. The weather was really poor. Burrow didn't play in the preseason. Whatever it was, I just I don't think we're going to see that offense struggle moving forward. It's the top five offense in the NFL. But specifically, T. Higgins and Joe and Joe Mixon look like obvious buy lows to me. Joe Mixon, you know, ran routes on about half of their past plays, got, I think, 14 of the 17 running back carries or whatever it ended up being. I just... I think those are both going to be must-start guys moving forward. I don't see any reason to think the Bengals are going to go away from Mixon yet, so that's where I'm at. Heath, who's your biggest buy low? I'm going to go with another running. I'm going to go with James, James Cook. I okay. think I was I was really encouraged by the fact that he handled a little over half of the team's rush attempts, counting Josh Allen, closer to mm-hmm. 70% if you only count the running backs, had a 15% target share. If you just use those numbers... And the Bills offense last year, you're looking at 240 carries and 90 targets. That would be a fantastic season for where he was drafted. So I I do think, and and it's the same thing I would say with Gabe Davis as well. Stephon Diggs overcame it. But that was a terribly difficult matchup last night against the Jets. And Mm -hmm. I just expect that Cook's going to be much more efficient and much better in week two. Yeah, he. I, I thought he didn't look great. In week one, but again, how much of that is the matchup versus, you know, not great field co- conditions as well, playing mm-hmm. in, in some rain up there. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, I, I the usage was super promising. That that was my biggest concern coming in. He did get the usage that we were hoping for. We do expect this Bill's offense to be very good. So I agree it, with that one. If, if anyone's panicking, I do think he should be a solid RB2. And I do think that there's also a chance that they just spend like 48 hours watching the tape from last night and saying, Josh Allen, why are you helicoptering through the air? Why are you throwing the ball 700 yards? Why not just give it to James Cook a little bit more? I guess we're not going to let Josh Allen be Josh Allen because that's who he is, baby. <laughs> that's what he does. You can't you can't take that away from Josh Allen. I, I, I expect uh, a little bit fewer rushing attempts for Josh Allen moving forward. And then that should be good for James Cook. So I agree with you on that one. He should be a solid RB too. And that's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll see you tomorrow.